Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. And today we will be discussing Eddard chapter 7 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read the chapter before listening. Uh, the news that we have today um, is some good news for George R. R. Martin. Um, <clears throat> it says that George R. R. Martin, this is comes from Hollywood Reporter, and it says that George R. R. Martin signed a massive five-year overall deal with HBO, an exclusive deal with HBO. Um, and it goes to, you know, all the things that we've been talking about that's going to be coming to HBO, including, um, you know, the, the dragons, the Targaryens, but also Dunkin' Egg and also several other items that are going to be coming down the line. Um, some new stuff that is included in this article. Um, so we will post the article for you to look at and get excited over. <laughs> um, but one of the ones that's stood out, me and Olivia were reading this earlier, was the Nymeria Project. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be revolving around not Nymeria the wolf, but <laughs> Nymeria, who the wolf is named after. And she was like a witch princess or something like Warrior that. Warrior queen. Warrior queen. There. Yeah, and she's from House Martell. Mm-hmm. So that... That'll be in Dorne. In Dorne. Mm-hmm. And then I really liked, uh, there's a Flea Bottom project that's coming out. And I'm excited for that. Yeah, they compared it to um, something like Peaky Blinders in Westeros. Mm-hmm. So... Some like gangs in the bad. That'll be cool. In the bad part. Of, I think uh, it'll be really cool because, I mean, in the show, without giving away too much, there's a couple characters that mention Flea Bottom like multiple times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to like. And it's cool that we'll get to see that. Flea Bottom's like the slums of King's Landing. Yeah. So. And then I like the whole the Nymeria Project one because we don't get a lot of, and we were just talking about this. You don't get a lot mm-hmm. of Dorn in the actual show, so like. I think it'd be cool to spend a lot more time in Dorne. For sure. I agree. I'm excited. All right, so yeah, check that out, and uh, there's a couple other projects on there as well. So that's the news for today. And the Martin message, all he has is a quote by Charles Dickens. It says, Have a heart that never hardens, a temper that never tires, and a touch that never hurts. We can't say that that's true for a lot of Game of Thrones characters, but (laughs) (sighs) good lesson to live by. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so we did get some answers sent in by Olivia's Aunt Katie, so we appreciate it. Thank you, um, The first question was, Sansa was surprised that she did not react when a knight was slain right in front of her. Why do you think she didn't react? Um, so she says that she thinks Sansa realized her reaction to the tournament was also on stage, so she worked hard to hold her composure as the Lady of the Air to the throne. And I agree with Chris, she is a Stark first. I like that she was thinking about being on the throne Mm -hmm. already. Yeah. That's a good perspective. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, And then the second question was, why do we think Joffrey is being so nice after being attacked by Nymeria? Um, And she said, I think first for Joffrey to act like the wolf attack was nothing makes a whole, makes the whole incident fade away and takes it out of the spotlight. Thus diminishes his embarrassment. True. Mm -hmm. Also second, I think he was not in the correct audience to hear his complaints about the wolf. Who best hears a child's whining? A child's. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I liked that one. Um, The third one was, what do we make of Sandor and Gregor Clegane, and why did he open up to Sansa? Um, And she says that, I think Gregor is a monster from childhood, so beware Sandor, who has has to literally always watch his back. I Mm -hmm. think Sandor opened up to Sansa because he identifies with Sansa as needing his life-preserving, balancing her words and actions against insanity. Sansa will also have to watch her back around her future family, who have already shown her, shown their insanity through the king's, the queen's incestual relationship. Her brother pushing an eight-year-old child out the window, likely having a part in the demise of the hand of the king. Mm-hmm. Sandor obviously knows more. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like, I had never really given it a whole lot of thought that, like, Sandor, like, would know identifies with her but Mm -hmm. like i mean yeah i mean literally i think he knows from being with the lannisters for so long that she's gonna have to watch her back too Mm -hmm. you know and he's always had to watch his back with his family yep so i agree i like that a lot that was cool that was good answers (laughs) um yes so last week we were watching the tourney with sansa um and we did also get the whole all the drama the tea was spilt of what happened with the clegane brothers Mm mm-hmm Today, uh, we're on the second day of the tourney today. Um, Ned sees a better side of Robert when the Lannisters are gone. 
side that he's been missing. Mm-hmm. Um, we watch the tourney unfold from Ned's eyes with a crazy finish, and a whole new box of secrets are given to us by a disguised friend. As far as wine goes today, all right, listen, Olivia and I, we tried. We tried. Um, <laughs> our, the wine rule that she's about to read to you is has to do with champagne, so we thought we would do a champagne and, like, Learn how to open it and be all yeah, like while I was like giving this. you the steps. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Um, we then bought a twist-off bottle of champagne instead of actually buying a corked one. So. Do you want to do the pop first? That was my fault. Do you want to do the pop first? I'm try. I'm gonna try. Oh gosh. Oh god. This I feel like this is gonna be really lame actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, that scared one. me. That was a good one. Nice. Ooh, that scared me a little bit. Yeah. That was good for a pop-off, man. Woo! All right. Sorry for your guys' ears. Yeah. In <laughs> <laughs> okay, so while she's pouring our Andre Spumante champagne, um, I'm going to read our wine rule number nine from John Bonet's book, The New Wine Rules. So rule number nine says it's even easier to open a sparkling wine like a pro. So what you're going to do is you're going to hold the cork and the cage steady in one hand and the bottle in the other, gripping it from the bottom. Um, Step number two, twist the bottle, the bottle back and forth, the Hmm. bottle. Go slowly and carefully while holding the cork and cage steady. Keep downward pressure on the cork as you turn the bottle and let the gas in the bottle push the cork up. I thought that was kind of cool. And then add more downward pressure when the cork is almost out. It should come out with a whisper. Not a pop. See, and that's what I think caught our attention because yes. we're obviously everybody sees champagne and thinks of the big pop. Right. Well, that's the fun part. Right. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Little. Think about our little um, guest appearance on Be Hero. Mm-hmm. Right. The pop is what we like. Yes. To hear. It's celebratory. But I do think it was. I, that's kind of what got our attention. Is it was interesting that it's not necessarily supposed to pop. Right. So. And we're popping champagne in celebration of the end of the tourney. Yeah. Which we are about to embark on right now. Finally. In a minute. Finally. I'm gonna, we're going to get through some stuff, and then we're going to get to the tourney. Um, random thought, though, guys. Happy to be back. Yes. Welcome back, Gabby. Yeah, I feel like I've had a couple sabbaticals. It's okay. We I all miss need y'all. it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Buckle in, everyone. Yeah. This is going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> What is that from? Um, a bumpy ride. Uh, um, oh, it's oh, it's the night bus. Yes. In the, yes. In the third it's gonna be a Potter. bumpy ride. <laughs> okay. So Edard and Sir Barristan Selmy are viewing the body of Sir Hugh after he was killed in the tourney by the mountain. Who, if we remember from the last chapter, the mountain drove the lance into Hugh's neck during a joust and killed him instantly. Um, now, I don't remember if we touched on this much last time, but Sir Hugh was actually a squire to Lord John Aaron. Chris, do you remember from the last chapter if we touched on that at all? Uh, we did. Okay. So that was someone that Ned was looking for, and yes. they talked yeah. to him, and the only thing that Ned got out of him was that he had to so force his apples or something. He didn't really get to, like, talk, talk to no, him. No, I think Jordan Poole talked to him. Before he got... Yes. So, so we know... <laughs> That okay, so just stick with me for a minute because I'm I'm connecting some dots right now. So we know that Hugh was loyal to the Aarons. Now remember that Lady Lysa fled back to the Vale and took all of her people with her um, after John Aaron died. However, Sir Hugh stayed back in King's Landing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And as we know, as Chris reminded me, Ned had been wanting to talk to him about John Aaron, but he hadn't gotten around to like getting into the details with him. And now he's dead. A little late now. Killed by a Lannister bannerman. Isn't that a little? The mountain. So Ned's it. like, Ned's like, um, that's a little suspicious. <laughs> that's weird. Um, <laughs> he was killed by a Lannister bannerman before he could even talk to the kid. Yep. I don't think that was a coincidence. I don't know about you guys, but no, I don't, I don't think, think it, it was, was a coincidence. Yeah. So Ned's feeling some type of way, like, was the boy killed for his sake? Like, he's now blaming himself for the death of Sir Hugh. Um, Was he killed because Ned wanted to talk to him and they're finding out that Ned's, like, fishing around for details and stuff? 
So they're examining Sir Hugh. He was very young, but not the handsomest. But Ned said that death seemed to have smoothed over his rough features. He said that the Silent Sisters had dressed him in a velvet tunic that covered his throat. So I wasn't sure what Silent Sisters were, so I looked it up. Um, The wiki says that they are part of the Faith of the Seven, and they are in charge of preparing the deceased for the grave. They dress um, in gray robes. Their faces are hooded and shawled, so only their eyes remain visible, as it is ill fortune to look on the face of death. The Silent Sisters do not speak to the living, and although some claim that the Silent Sisters have their tongues cut out, in truth, they simply have just taken a bow of silence. Hmm. So what they actually do with the bodies, they remove the bowels and organs, they drain the blood from the corpses in their care, and they might also stuff the body with fragrant herbs and salts to preserve it and hide the smell. Uh, When the deceased is transported back home, one or more of the Silent Sisters might accompany the body. And due to their task, the Silent Sisters are also called Death's Handmaidens and Handmaidens of the Stranger. Some even say that they are wives to the stranger. So the, I think the stranger is just another part of the faith of the seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the Silent Sisters. Nice. Uh, Barristan Salmi said that uh, Sir Hugh was John Aaron's squire for four years. King Robert had knighted him before he rode north to see the Starks in John's memory. King Robert said he wasn't necessarily ready for knighthood, but the boy wanted it so badly and he, he uh, knighted him in remembrance of John, because he knew how much he meant to John and stuff. Nice. Um, Ned then covered the boy with his cloak, a blood-stained bit of blue bordered in crescent moons. And I think that detail is going to come into play a little bit later on in this chapter. His mother asked, so Sir Hugh's mother asked why her son was dead, and Ned felt so guilty because he had to respond with, he fought to honor the king's hand. He said that this was so stupid and that war should not be a game. Totally agree. Yeah. He then orders the Silent Sisters to send his armor home to his mother. And then Salmi's like, are you sure you want to, like, send that home? We could sell it and get a bit of money out of it. But Ned insists on sending it home to his mother, as the Honorable Ned Stark should. Yes. So then Sir Barristan, Salmi, and Ned are walking over to the King's Pavilion And I wanted to read a little bit from the chapter because it kind of describes what the the um, camp is like around the tourney. So it says the camp was beginning to stir. Fat sausages sizzled and spit over fire pits, spicing the air with scents of garlic and pepper. Young squires hurried about on errands as their masters woke, yawning and stretching to meet the day. A servant with a goose under his arm bent his knee when he caught sight of them. My lords, he muttered as the goose honked and pecked at his fingers. The shields displayed outside each tent heralded its occupant. The silver eagle of Seaguard, Bryce Karen's field of nightingales, a cluster of grapes for the red wines, brindled boar, red ox, burning tree, white ram, triple spiral, purple unicorn, dancing maiden, black adder, Twin Towers, Horned Owl, and last, the pure white blazons of the King's Guard, shining like the dawn. So, the King's Tent was the one that was all white with gold, and it kind of stood out from everyone else's, as it should. Selmy then tells Ned that King Robert means to fight in the melee today. And if you don't know what a melee is, it's like a large scuffle or like a large group of people all fighting each other at once until there's one person. That's basically a Left. And Selmy's like, Selmy says, they say the night's beauties fade at dawn and the children of wine are oft disowned in the morning's light. Meaning, Robert said he wanted to be in the melee last night while he was drunk and he should be changing his mind this morning, realizing it's not a good idea. And then Ned's like, yeah, no. (laughs) Robert will definitely remember this and will definitely still want to fight. So then they come up to his tent, which, like I said, was of golden silks and the largest tent in the camp. He had his warhammer on display outside of his tent with a large Baratheon iron shield next to it. I just say it's a little odd that he sleeps in a tent. He wants to be part of it. It doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say. Right next to it. (laughs) He definitely is being like like any other king probably wouldn't. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely Baba B. 
Yeah. Energy. Well, and he just fought with Cersei. Right. <laughs> yeah. Probably best he sleeps in the tent. Yeah. <laughs> He's in the doghouse. <laughs> so Ned was hoping that Robert would still be in a drunken sleep, but nay, nay. He was indeed awake. <laughs> nay, nay. Nay, nay. <laughs> nay, nay. That's a new one. Ned now watch, watch me whip. <laughs> Now watch me, Nene. <laughs> Sorry. Ned walked in on Robert drinking beer as two young lads were trying to get his armor on to him, which was clearly too small for the fat king. Hey. Hey. <laughs> he admits it. So he starts yelling at the two boys and then notices Ned's appearance, Ned's presence. He informs Ned that Cersei, his wife, forced him to hire these two boys as his squires, calling them stupid idiots and oafs. Really not happy about those squires. I was going to say, he's not very um, pleased with his squires. I'll get to that in a minute. All right. Yes. So Ned then glances at the king and says that it's not the boy's fault your armor won't fit. You're just fat. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm speaking truth. And this whole exchange is my... One of my favorite scenes ever. We literally, I mean, the three of us watch this scene and just laugh. It's so funny. Over and over again. Love it. So Robert goes, fat? Fat, is it? Is that how you speak to your king? And then he laughs and says, oh, damn you, Ned. Why are you always right? (laughs) Then he turns to his two squires and yells, you. Yes, both of you. You, Both of you. You heard the arm. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. (laughs) You heard the arm. The then, arm of the king. The arm of the king. <laughs> Let's try that again, shall we? <laughs> he then turns to his two squires and yells, You, yes, both of you. You heard the hand. The king is too fat for his armor. Go find Sir Aaron Santigar. Tell him I need the breastplate stretcher. Now, what are you waiting for? The breastplate stretcher. The breastplate stretcher. Now. No. <laughs> God. He's too fat for his armor. <laughs> I will definitely be posting a clip of that. On mm-hmm. our Facebook page. <laughs> Please. Um, the boys then ran out of the tent, tripping on each other. As soon as they left, Robert fell back in silent laughter. <laughs> Everyone was laughing at this point he because they knew that a breastplate stretcher was not actually a real thing. <laughs> See yeah. how long it takes them to figure that exactly. out. Exactly. Breastplate's made out of metal. Yeah. Yeah. Cannot exactly can't, stretch. Can't stretch metal. it. It's gotta get but hot. <laughs> they fear their king, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So after the boys leave, Ned notices that they that both of the squires were fair with long golden curls. Hmm. So he asks Robert if the squires were Lannisters, and he says, yes, they are. They are sons of Lord Tywin's brother. Um, and I really, really like this point that Ned is about to say. He goes, he thought that this was very ambitious. It bothered him that Robert was always surrounded by Lannisters. And he even says the Lannister appetite for offices and honors seemed to know, to know no bounds, meaning they are going to get power wherever, whenever, whomever, yeah. however they can take it. Doesn't matter who you are. If you're a Lannister, you better have like some royal title about you, even if it is a squire. Yeah. Mm. Which is, which I think personally is like them trying to get into power. Yep. Well, they just respect power, so they want to be powerful. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, is they yeah. want to be in power, right. you know? They want to be respected. Exactly. Feared, even. So, Ned had heard previously that Robert and the Queen had gotten into an argument the night before. Robert, Robert was like, well, yeah, she was trying to forbid me from fighting today. And Selmy chimed in and was like, yeah, because you're the king and you shouldn't be fighting in what would not be a fair contest. Because no one in the Seven Kingdoms would even dare think of striking a king. So basically, he's saying that everyone would let the king win because they would not want to harm a king out of fear of punishment. I mean, duh. And Robert does not want that. Right. So Robert was really angry at this, and he threw his breastplate at Selmy and yelled for him to leave. Ned tried to follow, but Robert told him to stay and drink, saying, your king commands it. Um, All right, then. (laughs) Robert's now, like, basically angry that he's king because he can't do anything he wants. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to marry Cersei Lannister after Lyanna died, but John Aaron insisted on him marrying Cersei because the throne needed an heir. The only reason he married her was that Cersei would bind the king to Lord Tywin if ever Viserys Targaryen tried to reclaim the throne. So that's just showing he will do anything to... Um, the Targaryens keep out. the Targaryens out of power yes I just thought it was funny also he said in the chapter he's like oh if only I had married your sister 
and she would have let me fight in the mm-hmm. duel, in the melee. And he goes, uh, obviously, you didn't know my sister because she wouldn't have let you fight in it either. <laughs> no. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> Bobby B is just something. I don't know. He's, he's, he's his own He's hilarious, man. but yeah. he's doesn't always think. Think. Yeah. No. Um, so he also says that he hates Cersei because she's so cold and guarded and admits to Ned that he knows Joffrey was lying about the wolf. And that he is truly sorry for how everything went down. Oof. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing him recognizing his mistakes, recognizing Cersei's mistakes, yeah. and apologizing to Ned for this, this horrible is, thing that happened. The yeah. real Robert. Yes. Exactly. I was yeah. just going to say, so this is how you said the review, like the... Friend Robert. How you said, like, we get to see the side of Robert that Ned, like, grew up with and misses and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, we're seeing that here. You're seeing remorse. What I, yeah. And that's what I like. That's when I really like Robert. Is yeah. when he's... Still acting like when him and Ro- when him and Ned still have their like little bromance right going on. I'm like yes, exactly. They're friends. Other than that, I'm like okay, Bobby. Stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he admits that he has dreamed of giving up the throne and going on his own adventures. The only thing that is stopping him though is the thought of Joffrey on the throne. Oof, oof, oof. He knows he knows Joffrey. Ooh. He knows that he would be a terrible king. And he's going to hold on to that throne for as long as he can to avoid Joffrey sitting on it. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Um, and then he's, like, asking Ned, like, how can I have a son like him? Huh. Like, he is nothing like a Baratheon. Nothing like me. He's nothing like like Robert. At all. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Ned goes, he's only a boy. Like, relax. Give he can be a little wild sometimes. Yeah. And Robert goes, like, something like... If he's wild, that's totally fine. I could deal with that. He is just crazy. Like, he's just not right. Yeah. And then he goes, well, I guess you're right. He is a boy. Like, whatever, Ned. I guess yeah. you're right. Mm-hmm. And then he agrees, finally, to not fight in the tourney. Because he knows that Ned is right about it. Yet again, Ned is right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he then starts talking about Mace Tyrell, the Knight of Flowers. And he kind of says he wishes that he had a son like Mace Tyrell. Which is sad, but at the same time, we've already seen Joffrey. Yes. In, and you can't blame action. Robert yeah. for that. So, yeah. All right. So um, they broke their fast with black bread and boiled goose eggs and fish fried up with, with onions and bacon. Sounds really good. I, you Minus know what? fish. I was reading it too, and I was kind of like, mm. Minus fish. Actually sounds pretty good. Okay. Uh, you don't like fish. I'll Fair like enough. Fish. <laughs> we, we will eat fish. That's where I'll give different. you my fish. And the beer, too. I don't know about beer, man. Well, they were no. It was just funny when they mentioned the beer earlier, oh, yeah. and Ned talked about drinking it, and he's like, it stung his eyes when. Oh God, so strong. <laughs> it was strong. so strong of beer. He's like, oh, okay, I'll drink it. So, um, Robert's melancholy melted away with the morning mist, and before long, he was eating, and um, he was eating an orange and remembering a morning in the Erie when they had been boys. And I, this is exactly what I was just saying. I love seeing. So Good he story. goes, he's kind of starts in the middle. Of the story, he goes, I had given John a barrel of oranges, remember? Only the things had gone rotten, so I flung mine across the table and his and <laughs> and his and hit Dax right in the nose. You remember Redford's Redford's pork face squire? He tossed one back at me, and before John could so much as fart, there were oranges flying across the high <laughs> hall in every direction. Oh my gosh. So he's laughing and even Ned like can't help but smile as he's remembering this. I thought that was cute. Um and Ned's literally sitting there thinking how this is this is the Robert Baratheon that he grew up with and he loves, and that if he could prove that the Lannisters were behind the attack on Bran or prove that they had part in the murder of John Aaron, that this man would listen. At this mm-hmm. moment. Yes. Yeah. Um, Cersei would fall with the Kingslayer with her, um, and if Lord Tywin dared to rouse the, we- rouse the West, Robert would smash him as he smashed Rhaegar Targaryen on the trident. He could see it also clearly. So he's literally just seeing how... Robert is acting now, and he's like, I could, I could tell him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, right now would be the perfect moment. But, but you know, it's, it's just like he just doesn't. Yeah. Um, so, he says that the breakfast that, they, breakfast that they had was the best meal that Ned had had in a long time. Um, and afterwards, his smiles came easier and more often until it was time for the tourney to resume. Mm. Um, so, he's walking the king to the jousting field. Um he had promised to watch the final 
the final tilts. With, I think that's the final like jousting yeah, that's what matches. I was to yeah, I think it's all the final things. Yeah, it's like jousting even, and melee. Isn't there, and, I was gonna say because there's melee and archery and after archery, yes. and I think so. Maybe tilt like, is like events. Yeah, because yeah. there's like one-on-one duels too. Like the think. final results. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he had promised to watch all of the final stuff with um, Sansa. Um, Septim Ordain was ill, quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all just... I just want to point out that she was hungover. Hungover. But... She felt ill. We'll go with ill. Yeah, ill. She's old and she drank too much. Yes. Um, But his daughter was very determined not to miss the end of the jousting. Of course. Um, As he saw Robert to his seat, he noted noted that Cersei had chosen not to show up. So that, again, gave Ned cause to hope. Mm-hmm. Um... He then makes his way over to Sansa and finds her just as the horns blew for the first joust. Um, Sansa barely even noticed him arrive because she was so, like, engrossed in what was going on. Yeah. She loves this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so the first riders were, um, it was Sandor, Cle- Sandor Clegane was the first rider to appear, um, wearing an olive green cloak over his soot gray armor. That and his hound's head helm. I love his helmet. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's I think cool. it's so cool. Mm-hmm. In the show, they make yes. it. What's cool. funny is, like, almost like as, as I read more about him in the book, I, th- I, I think I'm appreciating his character even more. And not to say I didn't yeah. appreciate it when I watched the show. But, but you're like, get, definitely getting more hound in yeah. this. Yeah. I think in the show you were more annoyed. Yeah, exactly. Because he, he doesn't, was so mean. He doesn't... You don't see Also, this. I want to point out, we learn about... Sandor Clegane's story a lot earlier in the book than we yeah. did in the show, which I think kind of like softens him a yeah. little bit and it's like you feel more time, sympathy. It's, it's, yeah. it's a little earlier. I wish yeah. Like before I, his character developed more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish I. Because I mean, I've said it in the book before, like you get all of the people's thoughts more, mm-hmm. obviously. So, like, I think like how Ned is about to go into a whole bunch of stuff about the mountain and the mm-hmm. hound kind of thing, mm-hmm. you get more background and it makes him softer mm-hmm. um so as Clegane comes out um Littlefinger loudly announced a hundred golden dragons on the Kingslayer as Jamie Lannister entered the lists riding an elegant blood bay destrier which I was just talking to Olivia about this destrier is kind of a weird word for horse it's a fancy word but, for horse okay um the horse wore a blanket of gilded ring mail and Jamie glittered from head to heel um, even his lance was fashioned from the golden wood of the Summer Isles. Fancy ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Um, and from behind Littlefinger, Lord Renly goes, Done. The hound has a hungry look about him this morning. Um, and Littlefinger goes, Even hungry dogs know not to bite the hand that feeds them. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Spicy. Shots fired. Well, yeah. <laughs> um... Sandor drops his visor and takes his position, and you see Sir Jamie toss a kiss to some woman in the commons, um, and then gently lowers his visor and rode to the end of the lists, and both men couch their lances, which, when we talked about it more, it's just setting it up so that it's ready. Yeah, like, it's just kind of pointing out kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And Ned is kind of thinking that how he would have loved to see them both lose, but Sansa was watching all moist-eyed and eagered. 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 <laughs> Eagered. Eager. Sorry, friends. Um, so, yeah, she's crying. Um, she's just moist eyed. <laughs> she's basically crying. Almost there. She's being dramatic. Yes, of course. Um, the audience is trembling as the horse the horses break into a gallop. Um, and it says that the hound leans forward as he rides. His lance is very steady, but Jamie shifts in his seat, deftly in the instant right before impact. So he, he has his tricks. Um, Clegane's point was turned harmlessly against the golden shield with the lion blazon while he hit his own his own hit square. What? I think square against him. I think that's what it meant. Square. Square yeah, in the chest. That was weird. You know? Um, wood shattered and the hound reeled, fighting to keep his seat. Um, and Sansa gasped and like a ragged cheer went up from the... The commons doesn't Good. seem like I don't know. So he not fell. a lot of people are happy about yeah. it. Yeah, it just seems like 
I don't know. Sansa's gasping over the hound. I, she's she's just I don't know. That's because <laughs> she heard this one story. About yeah, her, exactly. I, I just I'm well, like. Well, she didn't hear the story. He told her the story. Yeah, true. And he let her in. Oh, so they have a connection now. In his heart. Oh. The little finger then calls down and says, I wonder how I ought to spend your money to um, Lord Renly. But the hound did manage to stay on his saddle, just barely. Um, he jerked his horse around hard and rode back to the end of the lists for the second pass. Um, and Jamie Lannister tossed down his broken lance and snatched up a new one, jesting with his squire. So he sounds like he's like, give me, give me that shit. Um... The hound spurred forward at a hard gallop, and Lannister rode to meet him. This time, when Jamie, sh- when Jamie, Jamie. sorry, Jamie, Jamie, when Jamie shifted in his seat, um, Sandor shifted with him. Um, both lances exploded, and by the time the splinters had settled, a riderless blood bay was trotting off in search of grass, while Sir Jamie rolled around in the dirt, golden and dented. Wow! <laughs> riggedy wrecked. Get riggedy riggedy wrecked, son. Um. Sansa goes, I knew the hound would win. <laughs> okay, Sansa. Right. Um, and then Littlefinger literally goes, if you know who's going to win the second match, please speak up now before Lord Renly plucks me clean. <laughs> and this makes Ned smile. Um, and Lord Renly goes, a pity the imp is not here. I should have won twice as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> at this point, Sir Jamie's back on his feet, but I thought this was hilarious when I was reading it. His lion helm had been twisted around and dented in his fall, Lord. so he couldn't get it off. So it's twisted to the point where, obviously, his eye holes are probably, like, off to the side. Yeah. So he can't see, and he literally just can't move it to even try to see or even get it off. Right. I think that's hilarious. Um, the commons were hooting and pointing. The lords and ladies were trying to settle their chuckles and failing. And over it all, <laughs> Rob... King Robert could be here laughing laughing louder than anyone else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he probably thought it was hilarious yeah, that oh, a sure. Lannister was in that position. Yeah. Um, the Lion of Lannister finally had to be led to the blacksmith, blind and stumbling. So he, huh. he couldn't even get it off himself. He had to go get it physically removed from <laughs> <Yep>. his head. <laughs> that just makes me laugh so much. Okay, so by then, uh, once he was led away, Sir Gregor Clegane was in position at the head of the lists now. So, the mountain. The mountain. Um, he was huge. The biggest man that Ned had ever seen, he thought. Like we um, said, he was like eight, eight feet mm, tall. Yeah, and Ned goes through and he's like, he, he thinks about how the Baratheon brothers are all big men and the Hound was pretty big as well. But um, back in Winterfell, there was even a simple-minded stable boy who we've met now. Uh, named Hodor, uh, that would make them all look small, but the man they called the mountain, that rides would have towered them, towered even over Hodor, so. Yeah, so he's just thinking about all the big men he knows, and he's like, "Ah, see, but this guy is still bigger. He's even bigger than Hodor. (laughs) That's crazy, in the show, he didn't seem that big. He didn't. No. Like, he wasn't even comparable to the mountain, you know? Yeah. 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 I don't know. Uh, Unlike his brother, the mountain did not live at court. So he enjoyed his life elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a solitary man who rarely left his own lands but for wars and tourneys. So he just went to get that bread. Yep. <laughs> um, Ned had ridden with him during uh, Balon Greyjoy's rebellion, but the mountain was just one among thousands of knights. So actually, Ned fought with the mountain at some point. Yeah. That's crazy. But he's, so he, like, brother notes in arms. that, yeah, and he notes that, like, yes, he rode with him, but... He really still didn't know him. I yeah, mean, but this guy stood out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. That's the big guy from 20 years ago. <laughs> um, so, more thoughts on Gregor here. He said that some had even said that Gregor was the one who dashed the skull of an infant prince, Aegon Targaryen. Can I say a That's little crazy. warning really quick? Trigger warning? Rape is about to be mentioned. True. So, so should they skip, skip forward how long? I would say probably about... 30 seconds. 30 seconds to a minute. Okay. Um, so they said that he even fractured the skull or beat the skull of Aegon Targaryen against the wall. Um, and then afterwards, he raped the mother of Aegon Targaryen, the little boy, the Danish the Danish prince, Dornish prince, whoo, Aaliyah, uh, before putting Aaliyah her Martel. to the sword, right? So not only did he kill the baby, but then he raped and killed his mother. Um, n- none keep, of these things were within earshot of the mouth. I was going to say, keep this 
instance in mind, it's going to come into play later. Yeah, it will. Uh, but none of these things, all these like whispers, no one ever mentioned them around, around the mountain. So don't mention it. Um, Ned did not like to participate in the gossip, but the rumors around Sir Gregor were so ominous. Mm. Um, it's almost like he couldn't help it. Yeah. Mysterious. <laughs> exactly. It actually was said that he was soon to be married for the third time. Believe it or not. Um, the mountain... Okay. The mountain was the mountain, married? The mountain was married two times That's before. That's so weird to me. But That's insane. He's like inhuman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but the first two wives died. How? Mysteriously. Hmm. Um, there were also rumors that the servants of his disappear, the, the servants of his, at his, you know, because he's away from everybody else, yeah. just disappear. Yep. Um, never to be seen again. Never. And uh, even the dogs were afraid to enter the hall. Hmm. So the only time that I've ever seen that dogs were afraid to enter the hall was when the wolves were in there, remember? Well, yeah. So there was also a sister that they had, and remember, um, Sandor t- mentioned this before. Yes. Um, and that they... That the sister had died under queer circumstances. So, the disfiguring of his brother's face as well, and the hunting accident that killed their father, all just seem a little too suspicious. Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone's dying around this man. So, when the Knights of the Flowers made his entrance, a murmur went through the crowd. Sansa whispered, he's so beautiful. He's so beautiful, so well. <laughs> and I think, I don't know if you mentioned it, but Ned... Noticed that Sansa was wearing the flower from the day before. Yes. Ooh. Yes. She's got a little crush on Sir Loras. So Sir Loras. Yeah. Well, no, Sir Loras is the most handsome man she's ever seen in his life. (laughs) So Sir Loras Tyrell was slender as a reed, dressed in a suit of fabulous silver armor, polished to a blinding sheen, and filigreed and and filigreed and twining black vines and tiny blue forget-me-nots. Which, if you don't know what forget-me-not is, it's a little flower. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're everywhere. I was going to say, I think that's a pretty common flower. Is it? Yes. Yeah, forget-me-nots. <laughs> uh, the commons noticed in the same... The, the commons noticed in the same instant that Ned did that the blue of the forget-me-nots were from sapphires. Wow. So they're sapphires, Fancy. too. This guy is Rich. all about it. He's um, all blinged out. Across the boy's shoulders, his cloak was, was hung heavy, and it was woven of real forget-me-nots. So, not the sapphire ones. These are real ones now. Well, he is the Knight of Flowers, so yeah, he needs yeah, to live up to flowers. his name. Facts. So, Sir Loris's <laughs> mare was, a, was slim, was just as slim as he was. She was built for speed. Sir Gregor's huge stallion trumpled as he caught scent of the mare. Trumpeted. Trumpeted. So, the hmm. horse is, uh, hmm, Interesting. Why would he be trumpeting at a male, or I'm sorry, female? At a female. Horse. So Sansa clutched at Ned's arm. <laughs> Father, don't let them hurt Sir, Sir Gregor. Okay, we're good. Yeah. Go ahead. She said, Sansa clutched at Ned's arm and said, Father, don't let them, don't let Sir Gregor hurt him. Okay. And Ned noticed that she was wearing the same rose. Yeah, like I said. Yep. Um, Jory had already told Ned about the rose thing. I'm sure Ned was like, oh my god. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> Here we um, go again. Sorry. Yeah. Boy crazy. Yeah. Um, and Ned had to reassure. He goes, these are just tourney lances. They make them so they splinter on impact, so no one's going to get hurt. As he said that, he immediately <laughs> had the thing in his head where he goes, oh, except for, you know. That one. The one yeah. that just died. Yeah. Um, Shit. <laughs> yeah. So he thought about that, and the words were raw in his throat. Uh, oh. Sir Gregor was having trouble controlling his mount. The stallion was screaming and pawing at the ground, shaking his head. Sir Gregor kicked at the animal as he reared up, almost throwing the mountain from his back. So this horse is not behaving. At all. At all. <laughs> so the Knight of, the, Knight of the Flowers actually stood at the king and then rode to the end of the list and couched his lance, ready to go. Sir Gregor brought his animal to the, to the ling, to the list, fighting with the reins. Suddenly, it began. The mountain stallion broke in a hard gallop, plunging forward wildly while the mare charged as smooth as a flow of silk. Mm. He is the knight of flowers. Sir Gregor wrenched his shield into position, juggled with his lance, and then while fought to hold his unruly mount in a straight line. So this is not going well for Sir Gregor right now. Nope. Suddenly, Loris was on him, placing the point of his lance just there. And in an eye blink, the mountain was falling. 
Ooh, he got him. Wow. He was so huge that he took his horse down with him. Jeez. Oh, large man. I mean, he was, what, almost 500 pounds? Yeah, and Um, eight feet tall. Ned heard applause and cheers, whistles, shocked gas, exciting murmurs, and over it all, huge laughter, not from the king this time, but from the hound. (laughs) His brother. His brother was like, ha! He fell. Yep. To the ground. Uh, The Knight of the Flowers reigned up at the end of the list. His lance wasn't even broken. So in the middle of the field, uh, Gregor Cogain distangled himself and came boiling to his feet. He was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That never happens to him. And he yelled, my sword. Hey. Boy. And his squire ran over and gave it to him. Cogain killed the horse with a single blow with such ferocity that he almost took the, han- the animal's head clean off. Yeah. That's he insane. He had a big horse. So. Yeah. He, yeah. He definitely had some power behind that swing. Yeah. So, cheers turned into complete shrieks as the stallion went to its knees, screaming as it died. Oh my god! Which is just right. horrible. Horrifying. Next thing they know, Gregor is striding down the list towards Loris. So, now he's, <laughs> he's mad at Loris. Yeah. He's coming um, at you. Stop him, Ned shouted, but his words were lost in a roar. Um, everyone was yelling and Sansa was crying, of course. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, all, nobody's hearing yeah. anything anybody's saying. No. It all happened so fast, uh, Loris was shouting for his sword as well, obviously to defend himself. Gregor knocked his squire out of the way and made a grab for the to, for the mare's reins. Gregor swung his sword, a savage two-handed blow that took the boy in the chest and knocked him off the saddle. His mare took off. Probably going to get grass like the other one. <laughs> um, and like Sir Loris was just stunned in the dirt. Like, what just happened? Yeah. Um, as Sir Gregor lifted his sword for the killing blow, so he was, was going to kill him. Yeah, he's ready to go. A rasp voice called out, "Leave him be!" And a steel-clad hand wrenched him away from the boy. Who do you think it is? I know who it is. I know, but I don't. <laughs> Guess want that was for the listeners. <laughs> yes. So nice the mountain, little pause. <laughs> yeah, the mountain pivoted, swinging his long sword in a killing arc with all his massive strength behind it. But the hound caught the blow and turned. <gasps> yes, Sandor. So can we say officially that this is Clegane Bowl Part One? This is part, Bowl, one. part One. Finally, yes. the brothers are at it. We're at it. For what seemed like the eternity, the two brothers hammered at each other, which I think would have been hilarious to watch because they're just two big brutes <laughs> just slamming <laughs> at each other. But I mean, and Sandor a, wouldn't look that big next uh, to yeah, Gregor. Yeah, but they're both two massive men. Yeah, right. The hound's big too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Loris was helped to his feet, dazed and confused. Um, and three times Ned saw Gregor aim savage blows at the hound's head helm. So he still had his helmet on. Yet, not once did Sandor send a cut at his brother's unprotected face. So what does that tell you about Sandor? Yeah. Yeah. Even after burning half his face. Literally, I mean, he has ample opportunity Exactly. To hurt him, but he still doesn't. But Gregor is still going after his brother, like... Yeah. 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 It's just... God. So, it was the king's voice that actually stopped it all. So, Robert here yelled, stop this madness. Stop... In the name of your king. Stop this madness! And There you go. It was... Thank you, Gabby. In the name of your king! And (laughs) what I thought was great was Ned talked about how he screamed. Yeah. He goes, and Ned, that Robert normally has a battlefield yell. Yes. And he's got one of the best battlefield yells yeah. ever. He's that you can hear above everyone, right? Yeah. And he rarely he uses used. it, and he used it here. Yep. And he was like, ooh. And everyone just shakes oh, their head. like, ooh. Don't mess with the king. Yep. The hound immediately dropped to one knee, and Sir Gregor's blow cut air. It almost cut his head. Yeah. But because he dropped to his knee, it he went over lucky. his head. Yeah. Um, and he last, he came to his senses. Dropped his sword and glared at Robert. He's a king. <laughs> yep. What are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? Care. Wordlessly, he turned and walked away. Shoving Selmy out of the way. So Selmy was ready to go. Yeah. Paris and Selmy was ready to take him down too. Let him go, Robert said. And quickly as that, it was over. But that could have ended so bad. Yeah. The only thing that died was the horse. <laughs> Poor horse. Sansa yeah. then asked that the Hound um, is a champion now, technically. Mm-hmm. To which Ned says um, that he is not. There is still one more joust between the Hound and the Knight of Flowers, technically, because they both won. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sansa had the right... Um, had the right of it, after all. I yeah, had the right of it, weird. after all. 
A few months later, moments. a few moments later, wow, Sir Loris walked back into the field wearing just a linen doublet and said to Sandor Clegane, I owe you my life. The day is yours. So, honorable. Wow, Sir Loris. Good guy Loris coming through again. <laughs> I am no sir, the hound replied. But he took the victory and the money. And perhaps for the first time in his life, the love of the commons. So all the people, people loved him. Yay, hound. We love um, the hound. Sandor. And they cheered for him as he returned to his pavilion. Obviously, he was, didn't care. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he just took the money and was like, cool. Whatever. I think he wanted to just. Right. <laughs> he was like, well, you're not my brother over now. I want to go. But um, so our discussion questions that we have for this segment. The first one is, do you think Robert would be accepting of what Ned had to say right now? In the moment that they were talking to yeah. each other? Okay. I think that it's hard to say <laughs> because, yes, I think in the moment he was acting like friend Robert, yes. but he is still the king. He still has all those responsibilities. So I don't know if he would take it well, but at the same time, he trusts Ned and yeah. he knew John Aaron very well. I think that at the time, them going through the stories of their childhood mm-hmm. and him saying that he doesn't want to be king, this is the time. Right. Yes. When he's in that mindset. When he's in the mindset of friend, not king. Right. That's the time I he should have sprung There him. was even the part where he was talking about how, like, how did I have a son like Joffrey? I'm scared of Joffrey on the throne. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I just think that since he's already voicing that he's afraid of his son taking the throne... If Ned were to approach him and kind of point out that the Lannisters aren't aren't in the best interest of the right. realm, he probably maybe would listen. It's really hard. It's honestly kind of hard to tell with Robert. I don't think he has enough evidence, though. I do yeah. agree that he should have told him, but I don't think he has enough evidence. I, d- I agree. I don't think but he has enough evidence. I yet. think he also can, right now at least, confide in his friend, like... All this stuff that he's worrying about and, like, At least give us a little bit. Like how the yeah. blade was Tyrion's. Or so, we think, at least. Yeah. So our second question is, what is your opinion on the Hound right now? Um, right now, I really like the Hound. I don't know. I We were kind of talking about it earlier in the episode. I feel like we're getting a lot more softness from him than we did in the show. Um, which is because... I do also think it's because we're getting, like, all the characters' other, like, side thoughts on him. So, I just think... I just think we're getting him a little bit deeper into the Hound than we do in the show. And I think it makes me appreciate his character much more. Yeah. I... I mean, along with the softening thing, he definitely started out more of a rougher character. Mm -hmm. But after hearing his story, and then we see this moment with him, like... Stopping his brother and giving him the decency of not hitting him in the face yes. without a helmet. We're seeing that softness. See, We're I seeing him like that. grow as like a human being, you yeah. know? Like we first saw him as just like Joffrey's protector, you know? His dog. Yes. <laughs> but now we're seeing him like human Sandor. You know? Something about the whole the fight between him and his brother and him not taking sh- any shots at the mountain mm-hmm. is like to me. It's like a huge more respect sign. than the mountain ever deserves for what he did yes, to his face. One hundred percent. Yeah. I still don't like the hound that much oh. right now, and I'll tell you why. He still hunted down the butcher's boy and killed Ooh. him. I know. Yeah. So in reality, when it comes to when he's told to do something, yeah, he will do whatever he's told to do. I was gonna say, do you think it's just him doing what he's told, or do you think that he like legit fears the Lannisters? I think, I think it's, it's him just doing, doing what he's told. told. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Jinx, you'll make But like, <laughs> So maybe seriously, he's not that good of a person. <laughs> no, I think that what we saw here was him. Yeah. What we saw other was Before his... What was... He's, he's a sellsword. Right, right? Yeah. right. So he is doing what he's told to do, and he'll do whatever he needs to do to Fair stay enough. alive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it literally... So I like him as a person. He's complicated. Yes. <laughs> but he also just does he what He is very told. complicated. And I also didn't like his comment before when after he killed the butcher's boy. Yeah. He didn't run he very ran. fast. I ran faster or yeah. whatever. He didn't run fast enough. Like and then he okay. chopped him almost completely in half. Yeah. So Yeah. Like, okay. I don't think he's that good of a person. Yeah. I think right now He's showing I think he's showing that he could be. 
Potential. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The third question is, do you think all the mysterious deaths surrounding Gregor are actually his fault? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think that he's shown such little restraint, I mean, just with his horse, which, yeah. by the way, I think they mention it um, later on, but the horse was going crazy because the other horse was in heat. Yes. Right? But, and that was pretty obvious. It caught the scent of the horse, and the other horse went crazy, right? Yeah. But... But it's an animal. It's, it's an like, animal. Yeah. And he just was like, it messed up once, and he was like, nope. Yeah. It's, like, it's not as, it's not as, in, I mean, don't get me wrong, horses are intelligent, but horses are not as intelligent as humans to, right. let's say, like, <laughs> not go after right. a, a woman in heat, you know? Right. Like, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then also him going after... Loris. Loris, and then fighting the hound, and like, no matter what, he just wants blood. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. So, anyone crosses him the wrong way, yeah, I think all those people died and he killed them. Uh, which is... Including his right, father and right. his, his sister. His father, his sister, his servants. Queer Jesus. circumstances, really. And his two wives. Yeah. Two wives. God. Gregor. And there's yeah. a reason he doesn't live at court. Yeah. No witnesses. Right. Ooh. <laughs> Less yeah. people. Yep. Yeah, that's... that's he had a wife, and a now he doesn't have a wife. Oh, well. Oh, well. Okay. Nobody asks questions. But there's no one around to he tell me otherwise. He might kill us, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, that's what okay. I think. Okay. That was the first part of it, our chapter seven. We couldn't make it through. Yeah, we one tried. Episode. It we was really very tried. long. We don't want you guys to listen to us drone on for two hours. It's, so, it was gonna we're going to split it up. We're going to listen to ourselves drone on for two hours. Yes. Um, so, our Tyrion tidbit for today. Um, I thought this one was funny. He says, we still have to take King's Landing. Maybe Cersei will win and kill us all. That would so- that would solve all of our problems. Huh. Classic Tyrion. <laughs> He's such sarcasm. a jokester. <laughs> all right, guys. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media. On Facebook, we have a Facebook page, which is Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. You can also follow us on our group, Game of Wines podcast group. Um, we post funny memes, videos, anything Game of Thrones related. We have a good time over there. Yep. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Game of Wines One. By the way, if you have any TikTok suggestions for us, we would love to hear them. Ours is blank. Yeah, <laughs> we need some ideas. <laughs> we, we're, we're trying to come up with some, but uh, it's kind of hard too. So. Yes. Um, also, I'm not dancing. I'm not dancing. No. <laughs> we'll get him to dance, guys. No. Nope. I'll dance. It's okay. <laughs> On YouTube, we are Game of Wines Podcast, and that is it for this week's episode. Make sure you for- join us next week for Eddard, chap- er, Eddard Chapter 7, Part 2. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>